Welcome everybody to another edition of the CarCast. This one has already moved into Friday morning because even after a long game, overtime, a post-game show, post-game media availability, Sean and I decided to talk to Mike Heike and pick his brain for 15 minutes outside the AAC before even getting into the car. So now it's after midnight and so the after party really is in full effect as we are almost 12 hours away from Stars practice in Frisco Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock. So Owen Newkirk alongside Sean Shapiro heading up 35E North. I think that's, I got that right. And yeah. the Stars get a hard-earned point in a... Look, if you're not a Stars diehard, this was a phenomenally exciting game. Great high-event hockey. It was a great hockey game. If you're a Stars fan, you should be happy with the point, disappointed with some things, but know that Dallas went toe-to-toe with probably the best team in hockey, or at least the best team in the Eastern Conference. And secure a point. Now, yes, Tampa didn't have their starter in Vasilevsky. He was the backup tonight. The NHL's most likely MVP, Hart Trophy candidate, Nikita Kucherov is hurt. He wasn't playing. Uh, they don't have Ryan McDonough in the lineup yet. One of the trade assets from the Rangers they picked up. It's a good hockey. Yeah, it's still a, it's a great, great hockey team. I mean, you don't have Kucherov. You still have Stamkos and and many others. Hedman, Schuster, Coburn, uh, Sergeyev. How is Schuster on the third defensive pairing? That's incredible. It's a very good hockey. He gets scratched for Ryan McDonough. Maybe he won't, but that's a, that's a heck of a hockey team. Yeah, they're loaded. Anyway, yeah. uh, good good game. Pleased with a point because it would have been disappointing to play as well as I thought they did and not get something. But they also were a little loose in the second period again too. Just like they, uh, that game a couple games ago at home. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, Winnipeg Jets. Interesting dynamic tonight because. Two games ago, not sorry, not two games ago, two days ago, Ben Bishop is phenomenal. He was the best player on best, the ice. Best player on the ice. Steals a win against Calgary, a 2-0 shutout. And tonight, their goalie may have cost him a point. I'm not blaming him for the overtime goal. No. Originally, I thought it was another soft one. I, you I, see the I, I, at first glance, I thought it was a soft yeah. one. But really, what happened is he makes the first save and then just a bad bounce off the... I don't even think Conacher knew anything about no, it. Conacher had, no had no idea what happened. The puck goes up in the air off the, as Bishop makes the save, and it hits Conacher's stick, what is it, maybe two inches below the crossbar? It was a legal play. So it's not a high stick, and he knocks it into the opening, out of midair into the net, not intentionally is my, the way I'm going for it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look, but so, say, yeah, they so, get two posts in overtime, they could have yeah. won the game. So, he doesn't... Bishop may have cost some points tonight from the perspective of the three goals in the second period. Two. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Okay. Let me, get, let me make okay. my point. All right, make um, my point. First of all, I didn't like the opening goal 62 seconds into the game. I really didn't. On him? On him. I, it was really bad on Greg Patteron. It's the blame. Patteron lost the battle. The, the, ba- the blame starts on Patteron. Miller makes a great pass, and it looks like Bishop is, because he looked like he was cheating a little bit to the far side. Yeah, I, there's a play there where... I just think it was so fast that he got was, wrong-footed. It was fast, he got wrong-footed, but in that case, I don't like how quickly he left his post, and that that's where he got beat. Um, He's usually more composed than yes. I'll give you so, that. So but I, again, yeah. I thought that was more on Patteron. That's the, the, but so that the second and third goal are really bad. But where's, uh, where's the D coverage on point too? Not no, just pass. That's true. That's true. Right. But the second and third goals are really yes. bad. Yes. The first, first of all, the goal comes in. Anthony Sorelli. Sorelli making his first career NHL shot. Yes, in his uh, debut. In his debut. 
comes in, and that's a play where the goalie has a full beat on it, a full read on it. He's and not, he's about the face-off guy, yeah. so it's not exactly yeah. right down the slot. And it's low to six side, and he short needs to make side that save. Block. And it's right after Tyler Sagan has made a 2-2 after it two seven one, seconds. Yeah, yeah, right after Tyler Sagan has given the team a 2-1 lead yeah. on a phenomenal shift for Sagan, a phenomenal stretch for Sagan. Oh. And all of that momentum, whoop, is gone. Like, yep. And, and then he should have, I mean, we have talked, Sean, all year about what an upgrade Bishop has been in that, particularly when the Stars are killing penalties because of his, his innate ability to hold on to, to first shots and not give up rebounds, where the Stars were getting feasted on last year in a historically bad penalty-killing year because both Niemi and Glennon were spitting up or kicking out the first shot and the Stars weren't winning the battle for the rebounds. And Bishop's been so good at not giving up those rebounds and yet tonight, coincidentally maybe the weakest rebound we've seen all year. It wasn't much rebound. Yeah, he it just dropped in front of him he and he just, didn't see it or couldn't find it. Yeah, it was just a weak shot, couldn't control it and just got and beat. And poked yeah. it in. And then, I'm not going to, bl I'm not blaming him completely on the, uh, I'm not blaming him completely on the fourth goal. It was, it was a most. It was a most. I wouldn't say a partial. A, it was a breakaway. It was a, a it was pretty a, much almost. A, it was, he wasn't. He, Stamkos he, wasn't gone. Yeah, it, but it was a breakaway. It was a breakaway. It was a breakaway for Stamkos. I'm not he sure how. Beat him five hole. Beat him five hole. Play. Tough. It's tough. It's but, Stephen Stamkos. Okay. Okay. But here's my point. He's one of the best shooters in the NHL. Period. Yes. Yes. I, all those facts are true. I'm not blaming him. <laughs> that is not the goal. The reason they lost the game. But. By the way, the fact that you had to say those facts are true should be redundant. In today's I world, know. apparently it's not. You I should know. just say those are all facts. Yes, I know. But anyway, I, I, know, I guess. I know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Bishop, the, the, the weakest, I don't like alternative facts. The weakest point of Bishop's game on the uh, on breakaways is he gets beat five-hole way too often. Do you think his height comes into play there? Because both his height and he uses a goalie stick that is roughly the size of the goalie stick I use when I play. So you think he's a small? So it's the height is height? And the, and the biggest difference is the paddle. But if you watch him closely on a breakaway, a lot of times and Kari actually does this too. And so it's not it's uh, it's actually something I'd be curious to pick Jeff Reese's brain on just at some point about this. Um, both stars goalies. If you want to real get ner really nerdy and break this down, a lot of times. Which, by the, guy, the way, folks, preface this: Sean always wants to. Yes. There's uh, never a no when he says, yeah. "If you want to." No, no, he wants to. You look at you. A lot of times, guys coming on breakaways, and stars goalies have the heel, their sticks in the five hole, but it's not completely flat on the ice. To cover the, the space yeah, the, 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 between the backs. The heel is on the ice. Just the heel of the stick. Not the and, blade. Yeah, so, you're, so instead of having it, and I'm now making hand motions that no one works can see. really well on an audio podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm making hand motions now, but basically, instead, <laughs> as you can see, no <laughs> instead, of having a, uh, instead of having 12 inches flat of coverage, it's about three and a half inches of coverage on the ice. Okay. And that's just something where it's a fault in Bishop's game that... Maybe Stamkos knows that. He practiced with him forever. Maybe he picked him apart in it. Maybe. Um, and so I'm not... It's, Again, it is Steven Stamkos. It is Steven Stamkos, Stamkos, but that's 12 goal in 11 career games against the Dallas Stars. Yes. He only plays them at best twice a year. That is impressive. It's uh, Ian Line are the yeah. two big Stars killers as far as goals per game. More than one average. So... 
I didn't like that just because it, it was. I didn't like that goal because it kind of went with the theme of the night where Bishop didn't really seem in it completely. Uh, Unlike that, the Calgary game, where no, 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 yeah, clearly and, seen. And even well. there was a stretch at the end of the second period where I thought for sure they were going to get another one, where he was a little bit all over the place. Now he only faced six shots in overtime in the third period combined. Yes, um, which and he good, stopped a couple, of, or at least he was in position yeah. as there were a couple of either partial or, or full breakaways yeah. in overtime where Tampa missed the net. I, again, I didn't see slow motion replay, so I don't know if he might have gotten a piece. Sometimes those yeah. shots are so fast that it ticks off the outside of the glove or blocker instead of just missing the net entirely, but yeah. still. But the Stars do a good thing where Bishop picks them up, the other in Calgary, they pick Bishop up in the third yep. period. Brett Ritchie scores for the first time in 21 games. I really like Jason Dickinson's game tonight. He set up the goal. Um, by, I don't want to sound too much full of hyperbole, but it was by far his best game in the NHL this year. That's very Maybe of his career. I mean, he's had a couple where he scored goals, but this was the one where, and I, look, I know Hitch was really pumping his tires in the pregame this morning. And I was sort of questioning it. He kept saying, you know, we really like where Dickinson's at. We think he's ready to take a step. And I kind of went, well, we'll wait and see. Well, tonight he looked like he could be ready to take a step. Yeah, I, and I think he, he was very good tonight. I really yeah. liked that line, what that line did, even in only eight and a half minutes of ice time. Really good to see Richie score. Um, and then Stars really good shifts, sustained pressure, and finally break through with 3.5 seconds remaining. Well, that was an interesting sequence, wasn't yeah. it? Did you notice? I mean, I don't. Had you? I don't okay. know. So I was. Bruce and I have figured out. We used to go. We called section hopping because we have our post game yeah. show down in the concourse. Uh, it used to be in the concourse. Now it's in Valorbar Burger. Yeah. So we can't wait till the game's over and then take the elevator down. It would take too long and we would miss the start of our show. So. Even as early as the first half of this season, we would come down the media press box elevator, walk to the most adjacent section, which I think was, I don't even know what the number is. And it was basically uh, in line with the goal of the Stars attack twice. Mm -hmm. And then at every stoppage of play, we'd go a section or two, basically section hop, sit down toward the other end where the Stars goal, goalie defense twice. Mm -hmm. And that's close to Valor Bar and Burger or the other end where the Jack Daniels was outside of that was our old spot. Well, we discovered a spot uh, where the main or where some of the cameras are set up, the TV cameras behind the lower bowl section, right in the middle of section 107. Okay. It's a great perspective and we don't get much in the way of the obstructions. So I'm right at center ice and Stamco starts slamming his stick on the ice and I immediately figured it out. Yeah. Not to pat myself on the back, but he was upset because the clock was stuck at like 37.9. And it was stuck there for about five seconds. Well, he says five seconds. It was a few seconds. It was, it so was, it was a good amount of time. thinking to myself, as he, I, I, I knew what he was suggesting, yeah. which was amazing to be that alert of that while he's still trying to defend what could have been and turned out to be the Stars' dying goal was, I hope they don't score in the last second yeah. because there's going to be a couple seconds disparity of this clock and they're gonna. I, I knew it was going to be reviewed. Yeah. I didn't know that they were going to review it, rule it a good goal, and then go back and look at the goalie interference. But fortunately, I think it all worked out in the end. Yeah, it was. But it was a nuts yeah. five minutes. It was, or so. it, was kind of, it was really weird because I mean I remember watching. I was still in the press box and watching it, and I'm like, that clock's frozen. Yes. And then, <laughs> fortunately, yeah. they kept a yeah. real clock or and whatever. It was the type of game tying goal that 
embodied a couple things the stars haven't done lately. Um, on when they've had an extra man, they they retrievals. They, retrievals, they went hard to the net. And I actually we talked to Matisse and Mark after the game, and he said one thing that I really liked. What he said was, and it was kind of for two of this for the stars. Where he pointed out, I didn't want to get too far into the net in case, close to that in case of a long rebound. It's easier to go forward after yeah. a loose puck than it is to yeah. chase behind you if it kicks past you. Yes. Yeah. And if you have a bunch of bodies in front, there's no room to move anyway. So, and then he puts the puck in after Tyler Sagan drives the net. Goal interference. John Cooper obviously wanted goal interference, but... I thought he had a very reasonable answer. Yeah. Which is, no matter what happens, one team's going to be happy, one's going to be mad. Yeah. And he did at least say, I think the league is trying to get it right. Yeah. It, I don't know if you, I, if you read between the lines, he might be saying they're not always getting it right, but yeah. he's, he believes that the integrity of the league is, is intact. When we were in the press box, I turned over to uh, Scott Burnside and Mark Stepaneski at the point right after this where we said, where Mark and I have agreed we don't predict these anymore just because you we're, don't wrong. Know. we're wrong. You but I did, I did tell them, I was like, well, I do have a prediction. If if this call is, goes against the Stars... Pitch's comments after the game will be, what are we teaching players? That was a hard drive to the net. Right, which is and what he said the previous time there was yes. that incident. And, of course, there might have been a few things lobbed on the ice from the, the angry yes. mob that is the crowd yes. in that instance because, and maybe justifiably so, it was a pretty exciting moment that they tied it. It seemed legit. It didn't seem like there was an overt attempt at goalie interference. Yeah. Boy, and, and what like the Stars had a great third period. Tampa was on their heels. They were hanging on. And I'll tell you what, three on three was crazy. Because yes. after the first Stars chance for Jamie Bed, Tampa got the puck. And they had a good minute and a half possession where they moved the puck around. They didn't really get a great scoring chance, but they had it a lot. Even Tyler Johnson even took it out of the zone. And then eventually all three guys got on back in, but Bishop made a decent save. After that, all plans of safe puck possession completely went on the wayside. Oh, yeah. And it was just an absolute chance for chance track. We, I know it's nerve-wracking, but boy, it's fun. Oh, it was so fun to watch. It was, it was so and fun look, to watch. And look, the Stars hit two posts in overtime. And I wanted John's first, then Pitlick. Um, let me ask you this, because this was a question on the post-game show. One of our callers was really upset. He thought that Louis Domingue was... I got a quite, we got a complete question about that as well, okay. actually. Yeah. He thought, our caller thought that the uh, Tampa goaltender was uh, taking advantage of a situation uh, when the Stars had possession. You're a goalie. I said if the puck's near the crease and they're doing that, they're not stopping the play unless his mask comes off. But with that out near the blue line, and they give the goalie the benefit of the doubt because unlike a player... He's the last line of defense. So I didn't have a problem with them stopping the play. Here was my issue with okay. it. If you're going to give him four and a half minutes, yes. which is roughly what it is, he needs to come out of the game. So in soccer, if you are down on the field and the referee has to yeah. stop play, that's okay. Yeah. But if the trainers have to come on the field and attend you, yeah. Then that's you cross the line now into you have to go off and then wait for the referee to wave you back on. You stop the game. It must be important enough. Like if it's a couple seconds of hey, are you all right? Yes, yes. I'll give me a second. All right, play on. Is that where you're at? You so, so my issue is he needs to come out of the game. So that's. So do you think the referees after 30 seconds or so of diagnostics 
has to say, all right, he's either going to stay in or he's got to go. Well, and, and, and you know what? I don't want them to, if a guy's injured, I don't want them to rush in, right. make a guy here. But I want the referee to be like, okay, hey, make it a minute. Okay, fine, call it a minute. Or even two minutes. Okay, but if the referee's a minute, okay, to be able to say, okay, hey, great, make sure he's okay, everything like that. But by the way, um, and he's thinking, by the way, make sure your other goalie's ready because he's coming in. I saw some quotes from Joe Smith who covers the, yeah. the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times. Yeah. That... Uh, Domingue said something about quad cramps. So Domingue had and cramps. Dealing with them. So Domingue has had cramping issues in the past. Right. And Domingue actually was quoted from the record afterwards, where he said he wanted to stay in because he didn't want Vasilevsky to come in and get hurt. Cold. Yes. Right. And he didn't want Vasilevsky to come in and get hurt. So he said, if someone's going to get hurt, I want it to be me. Which is admirable. Admirable. But here's the thing. Here's my, my point. If they're cramps. Giving him more time to recover means he's going to have a better shot at making the save. And, like, an injury is an injury, but cramps are not the same thing. No. Cramps can be down to fitness, it can be down to hydration, it can just simply down to fatigue. Yeah, he needed to come out of the game. So did you have, at the time I didn't really think much about it, but now that we've gone back over it, I can see why people are a little miffed over that. I was... That was my thing. I'm okay with them stopping. I'm okay with them taking well, care of the goal. possession at the yeah. blue line. The, the one thing I could see fans being upset about is that they might have been able to get another change and have another chance to go at the net against a tired trio of Tampa players, and maybe they can win the game. But look, three on three is wild. It's a lot of fun. I did think that delay was too long, especially considering he stayed in the game. Yes. So that was one of the questions. We'll start having lightning round now. Um, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna be a quick one. To your abode. It's gonna be a quick one. Um, are the stars the biggest gifters of first goals, basically, or does it just seem that way because it's the team we watch the most? Um, they actually are. Since December first, um, the stars have given up ten goals to players who had yet to score that season, which is the most in the league. Um, so it's not just what it's you're not. Being. It's not just what you're. you're it, it actually is happening. Um, it's why does it happen? happens. <laughs> I mean, Connor McDavid scored his first career NHL goal against Dallas. I think sometimes yeah. it's just coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But that was a bad goal. Um, are Mathot Johns the new shutdown pair? If so, why play in pattern over Honka? Um, it's interesting because we talked to Hitch about this that this, this morning, um, how he is now playing Johns and Mathot in more and tougher roles. He's actually protecting Patteron and Hamhuis from some more physical matchups. Well, especially because Mathot and Johns yeah. are the big. Yes, they are the bigger physical, physical size. Those two are yeah. bigger. Um, so, are they the pure shutdown pair right now? No, because Hamhuis and Patteron are still doing that. But, but as we were talking about this before we got in the car, just. If that's the way you're going to handle it, if Johns and Mathot are going to be a shutdown pair and yes. they're going to take that role, I don't see why you play, why you don't play Julius Honka. That's just my take on it. Because if you're going to, if if Ham Houston Pattern are going to be a shutdown pair, because and, of the other things yeah, that Honka yeah. can bring you, yes. like on the power play, the yes. possession game, it's an interesting thought, and maybe something we'll have to talk to Hitch about a little bit yeah. further. So, um, okay. But that being said, Sean, I do have to say, and I'm not trying to sound stubborn here, but Patteron and Hamus have been really good for a large chunk of the season, and you can't just give up on them after a couple of outings. Now, if this trend continues, and suddenly your your second pairing is indeed Mathot and Johns, and that's fine if that's the case, then maybe it is worth looking at. But that being said, 
look, I didn't think Pattern had a very good night tonight, but he's been good enough for a while that I think he's banked enough credit to not just get yanked out of the lineup to, this quickly. Yeah. Um, it, it's, an, it's an interesting conundrum because it's. I think there are things, if, especially if that's what it's going to be, if if you are going to go to Mathot Johnson, you shut down pair, it's best for your whole lineup to at least add another element to that third pair in, in Honka that Pattern doesn't bring. Because they're um, just not getting a lot of yeah, offense from that yeah, deal. Yeah. That's not um, what they're there for. Worry about Bishop. We'll touch on this one real quickly just to be talking about Bishop quite a bit. Um, the inconsistency bothers me a bit. Um, I think... I just want to see him put together two back-to-back -back games that he plays well. Where right. he doesn't I, have... I want him to be solid. Remember, he won five in a row not yeah, that yeah, long ago, yeah, yeah. too. But, just, but it's, it's his yes, recent stretch. Because like when you to get see... to the playoffs, you're going to want to see Ben Bishop play that way. Mm -hmm. right? You're going to want to see consistency. Yeah. yeah, you want to steal a couple, but you want to see, all right, this is what we're getting from, getting from him, and we know that if we do this, we're going to win. But you know what? Lately, it's been. This is a tough stretch of games, yeah. but the playoffs aren't going to get any easier. No. Um, have you ever considered stopping at various gas stations on the way home and live reviewing the quality of their food on the show? Um, food. And no. Really? We have of all not, things from a gas station, no, the food is no, the first thing. We haven't done that. Um, no. First uh, of all, we eat a lot before the game and during the game. Yeah. At least uh, not always, but there's plenty of food. It's you know they always joke the NHL is the never hungry league because. There's a media meal before the game. There's hot food served during the game. There's snacks. There's ice cream. I'm trying to back off on the ice cream uh, novelties a little bit, but sometimes I trade the ice I cream. I do not need to eat anything after the game. Some, sometimes I trade the ice cream novelty for either decide okay, I'm going to go the hot food or the ice cream novelty okay. instead of doing both. I'll do one or the other. Boy, that's that's a lot of dessert, especially with the Robin Hood move I pull. Yes. I'll tell you this. When I was calling play-by-play, -play, I was more hungry after games because it took more out of me. It's a lot more energy. Doing pre-games intermission and post-game show, well, tiring isn't quite the same as calling a three-hour game. We had a couple other ones, and I'm going to apologize to the people because we're not going to get to them because they are ones that they're deep wormholes as far as... What happens to Jason Spezza after this year? What does Val Nichushkin, what role does Val Nichushkin play? There's that stuff we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know, and those are kind of deep wormholes that I don't think we have the time to do it justice right okay, now. Fair enough. Um, I will say this. Um, one thing that was interesting tonight, just it was interesting to see Doug Armstrong there. The uh, the Blues GM was there. Obviously. Stars and Blues on Saturday. Blues have don't play a game, so he came out early. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he actually sat in a booth next to mine, our radio booth with uh, Steve Eiserman all night. It's a interesting power duo Yes, watching the game. That is interesting. Yep. Well, everyone, we will uh, have a uh, afternoon version of the car cast, I guess, on Saturday. Sun will be out. One o'clock. Uh, we have to roll up the sleeves for it. One o'clock game, and uh, that's another big one. They're all big now, so. Stars Blues. Blues got themselves minorly back on track with a win against uh, on a second night of a back-to-back -back after a horrible game in Minnesota. We'll see. Uh, they're, they're kind of in shambles, and I think for the Stars' sake, they wouldn't mind if they were still in shambles for Saturday, but it's their only game in about a week and a half. Yeah. So the energy will be there. Very much so. And don't expect a, an easy game for them. No, 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 no. Everyone, uh, have a good night, and we will talk Saturday.